When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. In this moment with Toby C, helping to open hearts and minds in a world of overstimulation. Now, here's Toby C. Better believe it. Here's Toby C. I'm back. Yeah. If you've been here before getting a dose of Toby, uh, welcome back. If it's your first time, welcome. It's a recovery show called In This Moment, trying to stay right here in the present moment. We're going to stop freaking out about the future and we're going to stop being pissed off about the past. Stay anchored right in the present moment. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a different concept uh, recovery show you're going to be listening to for the next hour. We don't have any guests uh, we don't have any call-ins. We don't answer emails. We just kind of pick a subject and we kind of mash it out for the next hour. It's going to be recovery-related, and it's going to be very helpful if you stick around and keep an open mind and listen. Um, and I'll just tell you right out the shoot what we're going to be talking about this hour. We're going to talk about succeeding in recovery by comforting others. Succeeding in recovery by comforting others. How about succeeding in life by comforting others? How about succeeding in, in your relationships with your companion by being comforting to them? How about succeeding at work by comforting others? Yeah, it's, come on, man. It's a spiritual principle. But how often do we not pay attention to that spiritual principle? Why? Because we're too busy comforting ourselves. There it is. Better believe it. Hey, check out this quote I, I read. We have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. Isn't that beautiful? There it is, you know. Talks, they're talking about having a relationship with a God of our understanding, with a higher power. They, they, they call him he and him with capital H's. Isn't that nice? And it's true. And God does want us, a God of our understanding does want us to certainly have a close relationship with him. But I don't know about you. Toby does not have a direct connection to God. But I triangulate my relationship with, with a, a God of, of my understanding today through my interaction and my relationships with another person. How about that? See, because I want my feet to be firmly planted here on earth. Firmly means being sober and sound and sane. And why do I want to be firmly grounded and centered and sane? Why? Why do I want to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Why do you want to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Here it comes. Because here on earth, this is where our fellow travelers are. And and this is where our work must be done. Yeah, check that out. Isn't that a nice intro, though? Isn't it just, you know, listen, our show, you might hear us talk about drug and alcohol abuse, maybe AA or some other program, but don't be discouraged. I'm telling you, if you're suffering from anything, if you're suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, if you're suffering from a hangnail, man, stick around. I'm telling you, there's a way to overcome this angst and this this anguish and this this agony and this suffering is to stick around and comfort somebody else who's suffering from a hangnail. <laughs> I love it. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Sure. 
It's about getting out of ourselves. Easier said than done. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about acquiring something called God consciousness this hour and moving away from something called self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the way, again, we acquire God consciousness is somehow tied, it's somehow curiously linked to comforting others. Isn't that interesting? Did you hear that? Toby said, comforting others is curiously linked to God consciousness. There it is. Comforting others is curiously linked to God consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to hit the highlights this segment, so I gotta just tell you. Um, just coming to you live recorded from Palm Springs, California. Hotbed of recovery, a lot of sober living and rehab centers out here. And um, I'm doing this as part of my uh, my agreement with God that if you got me out of this pickle, I'll do something to honor you and pay attention to you and try to put you first. I guess carrying a carrying a good message over the radio from the heart is the way that I'm trying to honor my agreement with God. And I'm here to suggest that if you want to honor your agreement with God, you know, this is a good format. It's really easy to get a microphone and start belting out the message. Just try not to make it your message. But it's not the only way to do it. And by the way, this agreement with God, oh yeah, the agreement with God. What agreement with, uh, with God are you talking about, Toby? Oh, I'll tell you what agreement I'm talking about. It's the agreement that you or your loved one who's suffering has made countless times. It always starts with this proclamation. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, what have I done this time? Oh, my God. OMG. God, help me. Get me out of this pickle and I'll never do it again. Do you remember that agreement you made with God? Sure you do. Everybody makes them. Did you honor your agreement? No. There's various ways to honor our agreement with God. And you know what? God just wants us to honor Him and to try to put Him first. And like I just said, man, if you don't have a direct connection with God, then the best way to honor God or a God of your understanding is to try to pay attention to another suffering soul. How about that? And we're going to be talking about this this hour. And we're going to be mashing out some of the problems with not paying proper attention to another suffering, you know, child of God and what the consequences are. And once we illuminate the problems with not comforting others and not paying proper attention to our fellow brethren, then we can move into the sweet solution. Oh, yeah. I always like to throw the spotlight on the problem first. Can't recover from something if you don't know what you're recovering from, right? Better believe it. If you're just joining us in the middle of this long segment, my name's Toby C. name of the show is called In This Moment, and we're mashing in an hour about how to succeed in recovery by comforting others. Sounds real cliche and, and real vague, but I'm telling you, man, listen and keep your mind open and pay attention. We're going to be hitting some really important spiritual principles that if you're not paying attention, you're going to zing right by. But... Listen, maybe this program's not for you. Maybe it's for somebody that's suffering. Maybe it's for somebody who's really suffering and can't get out of that rut. Somebody who's suffering, they just can't get out of that, that, that revolving door of insanity and rehabs and institutions and hospitals. I got to tell you, there was a book that the 
United States Library of Congress deemed the eighth most influential piece of literature in our nation's history. It's called the it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's referred to by the as the Big Book. <laughs> and in the one of the the first chapter in this book called Alcoholics Anonymous is called the Doctor's Opinion, and it was written by a guy who's not an alcoholic. Go figure that one out. I think it was Doctor William Silkworth. And Dr. William Silkworth, in this, in this chapter called The Doctor's Opinion, he noticed something in this hospital that, uh, that unlike any of the other sufferers in his insanity ward, this is back in the 1930s where they took all the drunks and the insane people and they put them into the same asylum. The people that seemed to be getting curiously better was when one alcoholic was talking to another. And lo and behold, what they were doing was they were creating a kinship of common suffering. And this non-alcoholic who could objectively look at the sickness and the recovery noticed that there was a, a legacy of suffering and of recovery that was being passed along from one alcoholic to another. And I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be limited to alcoholism. This could be in drug abuse or gambling or deviant sex or any kind of suffering, whatever you're suffering from. But it happens when we, when we become a messenger, when we pay attention to people, something really special and miraculous happens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we become a soothsayer. Don't you love that word, soothsayer? Soothsayer is somebody who saith things that are soothing. That's why they're called a soothsayer. And you're going to become a soothsayer. The opposite of a soothsayer is a doomsayer. Maybe you know people who are not being negative. They're just being realistic. Yeah, I've heard that a million times. But here's the deal. You're going to become a soothsayer. <laughs> You're going to become a messenger. But I say this every program, and, and, and again, this is the spiritual public service announcement, and I beat it home every, every message, every hour. You're not going to succeed in recovery. You're not going to be able to be comfort and useful to other people so long as you're hiding out and you're isolating. And that is not the solution. You know, the solution to bringing comfort to others is not to stay away from them. The solution to comforting others is not to not isolate and alienate yourself. So you think it is in our distorted, sick thinking. Sure we do. But no. If you're isolated and alone, you're practicing avoidance right now, and you think that's the solution to overcoming defective relationships with yourself and with other people, you're wrong. Please, I beg of you, I beseech you, Toby's begging you, man, come back into the group. Why? Because it's in the group that you're going to be able to comfort others. It's in the group that you're going to be able to finally succeed in recovery. You can't succeed in recovery when you're alone. Only you alone can decide that you're going to get better. Only you alone can decide if you've hit your bottom. Only you alone can say, I'm done. But you can't do it alone. You got to get in the group. You got to get in the group. Why do you want to get in the group? Why? 
to comfort others. You can't comfort yourself. But you're going to understand sooner than later, if you find a home group and you make a commitment to that group and you go to that group every single time they meet and sit all the way down and show up early and stay late, you're going to find that people are getting better, man. You're going to find out that people are getting better in the group by comforting each other. You're going to find out that people are doing in the group what they could not do for themselves. You're going to find out that people are trying to transmit comfort so that they can receive comfort. Isn't that cool? And you can't do that alone. Get in the group, brother and sister. Please get out of isolation. Come in and find that lonely, suffering soul and put your arm around them and say, you never have to be alone again. You never have to drink again. You never have to use again. Welcome to the group. Become part of. And then recovery starts. And then the magic and the miracles start to happen. Oh, yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the, the downfalls, the pitfalls, the shortcomings of, of not really making ourselves available to cover, you know, comfort others. And that's why we don't succeed in life. And we don't succeed in recovery. Can you dig that? Not a lot of time to do it before the bottom of the hour, but I'll try to hit the highlights when we come back. Toby C. in this moment, talking about succeeding recovery by comforting others. If you enjoy our message here on In This Moment with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. More of In This Moment with Toby C. All right, we're going to hit the highlights. <sighs> On why people don't know how to comfort others properly, okay? I mean, it's the truth. The number one reason why we don't comfort others is fear. Yeah. We're insecure that we're not going to be comforting them, them right or that we're going to be losing comfort ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably the biggest number one offender when it comes to uh, comforting others is, is the fear. We hold back. There's something going on, and quite often the holding back and the something that's going on is called selfishness, self-centeredness. You know, comforting others is about paying attention to others. And when we're selfish and self-centered, we're not paying attention to others, are we? No. No, we're not. Quite often, we're, we're paying the wrong kind of attention to people. Mm -hmm. We're making them feel uncomfortable with our extreme behavior, our agitated spirit, our selfish, self-centered, self-serving um, behavior quite often makes people feel uncomfortable and it's a great way not to get along with people for sure. It can be, it can be fatal. 
this this inability to to provide comfort to others and to show people the proper attention is called disrespect. And there's some people out there that uh, if you show them disrespect, they'll kill you because you're trying to rob them of the only thing that they have left. And when you ain't got nothing, you ain't got nothing to lose. And some people have got nothing left but their self-respect and their dignity. And if you try to make them uncomfortable and threaten their own self-respect and threaten their dignity, they'll kill you. How about that for a, a downside of not being able to render comfort and first aid to somebody who's suffering? Whew. You know, and it is, it's, a, it's an angry vibe, man. This, this inability to, to really uh, pay attention to people has something to do with this, this kind of uh, this innate, instinctive, passive-aggressive behavior that we're all born with. You know, we're, we're tempted to take advantage of people who are, who are lower forms of companionship, right? The narcissist feeds on the, on the codependent. <laughs> and the codependent, if it gets fed on long enough by, by the narcissist, they kind of learn how to become a narcissist in their own form, in their own right, and look for other forms of, of, of weaker life and companionship in which to feed upon. And they can become a narcissist in their own right. It's just the, the, the life cycle of this passive-aggressive, self-serving behavior. And it's not good. It's not God. It's not recovery. It's effective relationships with people. That leads, like we talked about in the first segment, it leads to avoidance. It leads to isolation. You better believe it. You know? And it causes conflict. This inability to, to comfort others and to pay attention to other people causes conflict. It causes conflict with others, and it causes conflict within ourselves. It causes many of us to become neurotics and to become drunk, you know, drunks and, and junkies. And this conflict also deprives others of the, of the proper attention and security and love that they need, and it harms them. And the outcome, if you have any kind of a conscience, the outcome is shame by not paying proper attention to people, not being, you know, incapable of being incapable of, 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 of comforting others does lead to shame. And shame's a drunk, my friend. But overcome the shame, man, because while we're in denial of this type of behavior, it is instinctive. Come on, man. We come out of the womb and our instinctions uh, for love and security tell us, you know, you know, me first, comfort me first. I get it. And as we grow old and we try to, you know, uh, interact and interrelate in the world around us, um, we develop something called intolerance, you know, which is the antithesis of comforting others, is to show others intolerance. And quite often, this intolerance is somehow curiously linked to, to time, not enough time, not enough of the right time, because we're always distracted, trying to control our comfort, right? Oh, yeah. And again, it all leads back to a fear. It's a fear that we're going to lose something that we have or not gain something that we desire. Never mind the other guy, right? Whew. It's sinful, shameful behavior. And a lot of us suffer because of it. We suffer. Man, do we suffer. A type of loneliness, an indescribable loneliness that only the sufferer could, could experience. Maybe that's you or maybe somebody you know. When we come back, we're going to be talking about now moving away from this type of fatal, fear-driven, selfish, self-centered outlook on life and how to start paying attention to people differently. 
how to really comfort others. Oh, yeah. Why? So we can succeed in life and so we can succeed in recovery. So we can get out of this revolving door of insanity, yeah. The revolving door of insanity of self-service. Amen on that. I'm Toby C. Even the show is called In This Moment. When we come back, we're going to be mashing out a long segment, mashing out a long segment of of little clues and tricks, um, suggestions how to succeed in recovery by comforting others, how to comfort others the right way. You're going to love this segment. Stand by. I'll be right back. If you enjoy our message here on In This Moment with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. In This Moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here's your guide, Toby C. Okay, I'll try to... There's a, so much to go through, and we've only got like 14 minutes to do it, so fasten your seatbelts. Here we go, man. First and foremost, okay, about comforting others in order to succeed in recovery, here's the deal. <clears throat> you got to have a reason to want to comfort others. You got you to have a reason to want to really be in recovery and stay in recovery. There it is. <laughs> that reason, my friend, is called gratitude. There it is. Gratitude. I'll tell you, if you're not grateful, man, to be alive or to be uh, breathing <clears throat> or not grateful to have just a few little earthly possessions that you have, then go out there and do a little bit more destructive uh, insanity and acting out, okay? You know, recovery, you know, the main ingredient... <clears throat> One of the first ingredients of recovery is gratitude, man. To be so thankful that we're alive. And then gratitude is the main ingredient of something called humility. There it is. And humility, oh man, you're going to hear the H word a lot in recovery. Ugh. Here's the deal. I'm going to keep it real simple for you, okay? When you hear humility, I want you to think of three words. Put God first. That's all you got to think of, okay? Put God first. That's what you want to think about, okay? Am I putting me first or am I putting God first? <clears throat> and remember what I was talking about earlier. If you're, if you're like me, if you're like Toby, and you don't have a direct connection with God, then maybe you might want to think about opening, your, uh, opening up your mind to triangulating your relationship with God through another person. I call it the love triangle. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, when I'm loving on another person— with the right motives, with an open mind and an open heart, guess what? Something else above is loving on me. It's called God. He gives, he gives me his grace, and he gives me this peace. There it is. So that's a good reason to pay attention to others, is to engage in the love triangle. If you want God's grace, pay attention to another suffering soul properly. Come into the love triangle, right? 
There it is. When we pay attention to another suffering soul and we really pay attention and we put their, their needs first, it's a way of putting God first. Putting the needs of another human being first equals putting God first quite often. Putting God first. Humility. And humility is the main ingredient of anonymity. There it is. And anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions and principles. Yeah, see. The best way to put God first is to stop calling so much unnecessary attention to yourself. Are you a sponge of God's glory? Or are you a mirror and a reflection of God's glory? You think about that. Anonymity. Anonymity is just not paying, not, not calling so much attention to yourself. It's called humility. Humility is if you're not paying attention to yourself and you're paying attention to hopefully God or God as God reveals himself through another suffering soul. Quite often we pay attention to other people and other things and we put them up on a pedestal and we make them our higher power, right? So be careful when we move into this arena of comforting others. That comforting others doesn't mean that we, we place too much um, emphasis on them and we don't make them our higher power or we don't turn them into a dependent. Ooh, that happens in recovery a lot. Some people don't get out of recovery. They just become a dependent to somebody a little bit stronger uh, and more charismatic than they are, <clears throat> which is really sad because recovery is all about fitting ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us. Recovery is all about preparing ourselves to become a sponsor, a mentor, a guiding light to somebody who's suffering. That's what recovery is all about. Recovery is not about staying in some uh, twisted relationship with your sponsor, calling him every day to, to check in. Come on, man. Recovery is about being available in mind, body, and spirit and being healthy and being available and answering that phone and responding to that text message and that email and being available to render first aid when called upon. That's the deal, man. That's the nectar of this program. You better believe it. But who wants to pay attention and, and render first aid to somebody who's suffering and comfort others? Nobody. Nobody unless they've been knocked down and they've been just had the tar knocked out of them and they're suffering man and those of us who have suffered man we want to die but we're too chicken to kill ourselves we want to die but we're just for some reason god just keeps us in this everlasting anguish and we suffer and we're miserable and we're at the bottom and it's the sweetest spot baby don't ever let anybody tell you that the bottom of your suffering is a not a good place because it's a great place it's a place where you can actually experience something called God consciousness. At the bottom, man, when you're busted, trusted, and disgusted, and nobody wants anything to do with you, you don't have to worry about being self-conscious anymore. Nobody's paying attention to you. And you have a moment, a momentary period, maybe a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month if you're lucky, man, to put your hand in the hand of another man or woman and, and clean house and go on this, this journey called cleaning house, this spiritual discovery. It's beautiful, man. There's nothing like it, but the only people who seem to want to do it are those who have been really knocked down. And, um, and they're ready. 
they're ready to move away from self-consciousness yeah, and acquire something called God-consciousness. And it happens quite often at the bottom. Who needs God-consciousness when things are humming right along, right? There's some lucky ones who, who get it. They can have their cake and eat it, too. Mm. Not me, though. Not Toby. Maybe not you. You know, this God-consciousness gives us something called discipline. Yeah, discipline. Why do we want to have discipline? Oh, I know. <clears throat> we want to have discipline so that our feet ought to be firmly planted here on earth. Why? Because this is where our fellow travelers are, and this is where our work must be done. There it is. I'm sorry to use the M word, but I'm going to say it right now. Ministry. <laughs> Recovery is a ministry, man. You're going to become a minister. You're going to become a messenger. That's the deal. Recovery is about changing our message so we can pay attention to somebody else who's got a bad message and help them change their message. <laughs> and when we pay attention to another suffering soul and help them change their message, what happens? We keep our message, our changed new message, refreshed and healthy. Oh, yeah. We don't slip back into that old message. We don't slip into that, that childhood amnesia. Oh, yeah. That's another compelling reason to comfort others is to help them change their message. And I'll tell you in the, the fourth and final segment, man, we're going to be mashing out about one of the coolest things about sponsorship. It's an experience you must not miss. But back to, to why and how to really comfort others. You know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to want to. We've, there's got to be a reason why we want to comfort others. Of course we want to comfort others so we can receive comfort ourselves and maintain this comfort. You know, if you do the steps, you know, the 12-step program anyway, if there's a lot of other recovery programs, I'll tell you, when you finally get out of this rut, you're going to feel like you've been placed in a position of neutrality. You're going to feel like you've been placed in the bosom of Abraham, man, safe and protected. You're going to want to stay there. <clears throat> the reason why you're going to want to stay in the bosom of Abraham, safe and protected, is because that's that's where we experience something called joy. And we're going to be talking about that as well in the fourth and final segment coming up in sponsorship. That's the deal, man. There's got to be an overwhelming and compelling reason to stay sober. If there isn't, trust me, there's a lot of overwhelming and compelling reasons to get loaded, always. The devil lays them out for us every single day, man. They're called temptations. Oh, yeah. You know, and if we're not grounded and if we're not centered by paying attention properly to others, then um, we might succumb to temptation. You better believe it. Recovery starts with gratitude. I'll tell you, you got to be so thankful to be alive still. And gratitude is the gateway to humility, where we, where we finally realize that God was, was protecting us this entire time, man. And now it's time for us to honor our agreement with him and try to put him first. Just try. So all he asks is that you try. <clears throat> there will always be some human failing that moves us back into self, man. But 
God just wants us to try and, and check this out. The more you try, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. And of course, humility you know, is the main ingredient of practicing something called anonymity, where we just kind of blend into God's world. And we're no longer <clears throat> on our time, we're on God's time. I had a show where we talked about time standing still. And it's the sweet spot of life and recovery. Time does stand still when we're in the zone. When we're in the God zone. When we, when we learn something about prayer and meditation <clears throat> and self-analysis. You know, individually prayer and, and meditation and, and self-awareness, <clears throat> mindfulness of ourselves are very, very useful tools in recovery and in life. But when they're, when they're interwoven, the result is something called an unshakable foundation. There it is. That's one of the other reasons why you want to render comfort and pay attention to others is the hits don't keep, they don't stop coming. They keep coming. The hits keep coming, my friend. And the idea is when that unexpected hit comes, you want to have an unshakable foundation. You want to be grounded. You want to be centered, right? You don't want to be out there you know, in the extremities, being picked off. You want to be safely in the middle of the herd. That's where you want to be. And where do we find that herd? We find the herd in the kinship of common suffering. And I don't know about you, I believe the God of my understanding wants me to render first aid and comfort others who come into my kinship of common suffering. It's called the home group. <clears throat> it's called group therapy. Whatever your group is, if you hit it frequently enough, if you hit it every day, called your home group. <clears throat> and the home group is where you're going to find that suffering soul, where you can start to pay attention to that person. You know, you don't have to finish the 12 steps in order to start paying attention to somebody in your home group. It helps, but you can start right now. <clears throat> Even the newest of the newcomers find that there's somebody in that group that's even blinder and in more pain than they are. And then they can start to comfort them and, and render something called spiritual aid. Yeah. Don't you love it? When we come back, we're going to finish up our show with something called the imagination exercises. Yeah. The imagination exercises. Can you imagine that about comforting others? Imagine succeeding in recovery by comforting others. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. Imagine yourself becoming a sponsor. Check that out. Be right back. Toby C. In this moment. Succeeding in recovery. Comforting others. If you enjoy our message here on In This Moment with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. In a world of overstimulation, we hope you've had a chance to calm down, connect, and feel secure. And now, today's conclusion of In This Moment with Toby C. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to do anything unless I have a, a darn good reason to do it. How about you? <clears throat> Comforting others is not easy. Being a minister who carries a good message in hopes that you can change somebody else's message is not easy. 
paying attention to somebody properly. Hmm. No dog in the fight, no expectations. It's not easy. But I'm telling you, there's a reward. And you don't have to wait to die and go to heaven to get it. You can get that reward right here, right now. Today, you can do this. You can succeed in recovery now by comforting others. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to do that. But first, I want you to imagine, if you're listening, and if you're not a sponsor yet, I want you to imagine that you're going to become a sponsor. If you're in early recovery and nobody's giving you the memo that one of the purposes of recovery is to fit you to become a maximum service to God and those about you, that's kind of a long metaphor of saying you're going to become a sponsor. So if your sponsor has not... Uh, giving you the orientation that the whole function of them working with you is to prepare you to become a sponsor yourself. Uh, They missed out on a very important disclosure. And by the way, stop this passive-aggressive behavior in sponsorship too. There's no leader, there's no guru and disciples in sponsorship. There's this pamphlet in AA, talk. it's called Q&A on sponsorship. And on the first page, it says, we meet as equals, okay? There's nobody better than anybody else in recovery. There's just some lucky soul who seems to have survived life and gone around the curb, the curve of life a little sooner than than their sponsee. And the idea is to prepare the sponsee to take the curve of life and to be able to pull somebody else who hasn't quite made it around the curve yet. And that's the whole deal. <sighs> One of the nice things about sponsorship that you might be missing out on is is somebody's going to listen to you. (laughs) Somebody's going to listen to you like you've never been listened to before because you speak their lingo all of a sudden, see? If you find um, a prospect, somebody who's really suffering and in a lot of pain, Pay attention to that person. Go peel off and and um, go have some coffee with them and and talk about what's going on and ask them if they're ready to get down to some step work and really clean house and, and get this get this thing over with. If they're done suffering, you can do that. And they're going to listen to you. This person is going to listen to you like they've never listened to anybody in their life because you're a person who has worn their shoes and who's experienced what they're experiencing right now. You don't have to die to go to hell. Some people live that living hell right here on earth and they know that possibly you've been in that same hell and they're going to listen to you. Oh, they're going to listen to you like you've, that you, you've no idea. and you're going to be their sponsor. You're not going to be their guru. You know, when the spiritual malady is overcome, then we straighten out mentally and physically. You know, working with others, chapter 7 says nothing about developing deep and meaningful relationships with your your prospect, your sponsee. You get into work. You just get into it. Mash it out. Meet with them every single day for a couple of hours if you've got to. 
Meet with them and do what, Toby? Well, you meet with them and you pull out a spiritual publication called the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12 Steps in the 12 Traditions or Hazleton's uh, Roadmap to Recovery or the Holy Bible or something. You sit down and you take turns reading pages. You take turns reading paragraphs. And you discuss these things called principles that are concealed within the black and white print of these pages. You got to read them a few dozen times. And then they jump out at you. You have these aha moments. And it's amazing, you know, to have these aha moments together, alone in some quiet room. And I'll tell you, it's part of that aha moment with you and your prospect. God is in there creating this aha moment. Remember I told you about the love triangle? When you're paying attention to your prospect, there's something else above paying attention to you. Oh, man. And what do you get out of this? Oh, I'll tell you what you're going to get out of this. First of all, you're going to witness something miraculous happen. You're going to witness something miraculous happen. Your prospect, this person who wasn't supposed to get better, this person who was supposed to be in jail, this person who was supposed to be eternally insane, all of a sudden is getting better. They're talking differently. They're paying attention to people. They're watching, you know, they're, they're watching others recover instead of paying attention to themselves. They're cultivating a fellowship around them all of a sudden. These isolationists, these people who were formerly terminally unique are all of a sudden embracing something called unity and this love and this calm and this spirit. You're going to witness this. And you know what? It's going to finally occur to you that, hey, I had something to do with this. Oh, yeah. And then you hit that moment of clarity that, yes, in fact, you did have something to do with this. In fact, God, a God of your understanding was using you as an instrument, was using you as a channel to comfort this soul. And you did it. You succeeded it. You really did. You succeeded at comforting another suffering soul. Why? Because God used you as an instrument and as a channel. And in doing so, and using you as an instrument and as a channel, God gave you a secret, super secret gift. It's called joy. He gave you joy. It's a joy, man, that you can't find in sex and drugs and alcohol and gambling. It's a joy that surpasses this, this peace that surpasses all comprehension. It's a joy you're going to hunger for, and you're going to want more of this joy. And I swear to you, my friend, this joy is going to be part of your testimony, and you're going to share this joy in your testimony. And this joy is going to be your overwhelming and compelling reason to stay sober. This joy is going to be your overwhelming and compelling reason to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit one day at a time so you can comfort others. So you can be there to render first aid to the suffering soul. And I swear to you, my friend, it gets so good. It gets better every single experience with another suffering soul. Comforting them. Paying attention to them properly. Getting out of ourselves. It's an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. It's going to eclipse every insane notion to go back out and drink and use and, and act out again. I swear to God it will. It's the addiction of others. People, people who do need people are the luckiest people in the world. Come on and get lucky and comfort others and succeed in recovery. God bless. I hope you've enjoyed this show. I'm Toby C. Come back for more Toby someday. God bless. See you soon. I love you.
If you enjoy our message here on In This Moment with Toby C., then please visit us at itmtoby.com. 